Hey, everybody, welcome into the Raw Knuckles podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you'd like, subscribe, and share with a friend. He goes, Tambo, he goes, he goes, you know, I have one rule on this hockey team. And I said, yeah, I, Chris, with all due respect, though, like, I'm an adult, I'm a professional hockey player. Like, I don't get, like, how me dating this girl from the front office really, like, I, I don't get how it's any of your business. And, he, and then his eyes went from, like, mad to, like, you know, like, when he used to chase guys around, the you know, the Boston Garden in the day. And he's looking at me like this. He goes, you know, I ought to come across this desk right now and, and punch you right in the head. And I, and I go, well, I go, okay, so, <laughs> you know, like, I've overstepped, obviously, a little bit. I've overstepped. When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down, and I never stayed down. And I was vicious, and I was malicious. And I don't care. <laughs> I'm alive. He's a freaking madman. Look at him going to town. That'll be a suspension. That'll be a fine. Alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. Guys, welcome into the Raw Knuckles podcast. This is awesome to see uh, you guys years later um, after coaching in Chesapeake those few years I did. Um, I, I've seen some guys over the years, J.P. O'Connor up here in Montreal. Um, one uh, day on my radio show, I had Brian Callahan, Earl Cronin, and J.P. all on the show at once. And it was so much fun for me because they were saying shit. I, I just didn't remember. I didn't have a clue. And it was kind of fun. Uh, meet my uh, partner, uh, Tim Stapleton. Tim played in the NHL, uh, Toronto, Winnipeg. Um, he... he um, is now alongside Knuckles. Uh, he's my, he's my protector. Yeah, yeah. Tim yeah, Stapleton. Yeah. <laughs> so say hi to the guys, Timothy. Up, guys? Tim's your Tim's Tim's yeah. your sniper, right? Like you, you yeah. you just throw it over to him, and he'll like he'll uh, dangle his way through this uh, shit show. Oh, can I say that? Can I say? Yeah. Can I say uh, that? Knox said you can say Knox, anything yeah, you had, want. Knox, you had twenty-one goals one year. Do you, do you ever bring that up? You, you, you know what? Once or twice. Yeah, once or twice. <laughs> I think he said we scored 20, 21 goals uh, in the NHL. All right, you know that's not the truth. So let's get going here. Anyway, um, Tambo uh, played in the Nets. Mouge was a winger, but he played mostly in Cleveland. We had him for a short time, and uh, Jamie. Uh, was with us. Were you both years, weren't you? No, one year, Jamie. When I the second year, that's right. And um, Jamie from Boston College joined us. Mouge, um from the Lumberjacks and Tambo. I don't know where the fuck Tambo came from. Lumberjacks too. Um, let's go back there. You know, a lot of people don't realize uh, when guys play junior, they play college, whatever, and their careers end there. And they want to chase that dream. They haven't been drafted to the NHL, or they might have been. And they want to chase their dream and one day, hopefully, get to the NHL. Let's talk about that. Where were you, Tambo? And what were your, you know, goals as far as hockey in the NHL? Um, yeah. Uh well, how far back do you want me to go, Chris? I mean, I could take, I can, I can, uh, I can the, take the, over. The, not, I can not take. When you had a snotty little nose, <laughs> you know. Just you want me to? Like... You want me to go for ninety minutes? Like, how much yeah. time do we have? No, I'm just kidding. So I was a bit of a late. I was a bit of a late bloomer. Um, I was drafted to the OHL uh, at 16, but I, but probably because I, you know, I, 
I overestimated my height in all the applications for the Ontario Hockey League. So when Owen Sound drafted me 10th round, um, it turns out I wasn't 5'11 at the time. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, when I went running down to the draft floor, Muji at the old North York, uh, the old North York Centennial <laughs> Arena, go running down and, and I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. 220 pounds, though. 220, 5'6", five, 5'6", six, five, six, 220. <laughs> uh, just like a round mound of uh, goaltending. <laughs> So anyways, like I, I actually had the opportunity to play for uh, minor hockey. I played for the worst team in Toronto uh, junior hockey. I got to play for Stan Butler, which was like um, one of the best teams, yeah. one of the best teams in Toronto. So I was an early uh, recruit to RPI. Um, and, uh, you know, I had to sit my first two years behind Neil Little, who was an, an all American at the time. Um, one of my best friends in hockey, uh, Neil to this day, but uh um, uh, you know, again, I didn't get a chance to really play NCAA division one until my junior year. And that was like an amazing year. We, we won the, uh, we won the conference, uh, championships. We won the ECACs. It's the only time, uh, in the last 30 years that the programs won the ECACs. And, you know, we, we out, we out uh, you know, the likes of Harvard and, and, you know, Vermont back then had Marty St. Louis and Tim Thomas. They were all right. You know, like Marty and Marty and Tim, uh, on Vermont, they were okay. Uh, but we, you know, but we beat them uh, in 95. And, and uh, okay. so that was pretty nice. And then, of course, uh, you know, I had the worst. Uh... So you wrap up the college yeah. career. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll be here all fucking day. If you're going to come what on. What do you want me to fast forward to? You want, what do you want me to. So you wrap up your college career. The pro... Let's get into Chesapeake. Okay. All right. You wrap up the college yeah. career. You're chasing. Chasing the, the dream. NHL chasing career. The dream. Now you want to get to the. Chasing the okay. Thing. Okay. So, so uh, in my so my first year pro, I I'm on a I'm on a 25 game tryout for Cleveland in the IHL. Uh, they renew it four times. So I basically play 78 games up uh, with the IHL Cleveland Lumberjacks. Um, they they liked me. I, I won like a booster club. Uh, I used to go to all the booster club events and you know whatever they called yeah. for. I you know I was just I was just living in a hotel in Cleveland, right? Just trying to get laid. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll break the, we'll break, we'll break those down a little later, Steve. Um, but um, mascot, mascot. So my second, so okay, so my second year pro, and, and you know what, I was a prospect for about ten minutes, right? Because I was, I had good numbers my rookie year as twenty three year old rookie in the eye, and then um, about I don't know about uh, thirty five games into my second year pro, playing for the IH, playing in the IHL, I uh, I let in one uh, from just beyond center in Kansas city. And, Ooh. uh, it was a really good shot. Muji, I think you were there. Um, but you're supposed to have those ones evidently from, uh, from center. Yeah. It was, um, uh, Heinz. That's right. That's right. It was the shot heard around the world. It was Sean Heinz yeah. who, uh, blasted one by me <laughs> with a minute left in the second. Hey, to tie, hey, to tie the game up, but two, two going into the third and they pulled me and set me down. Like literally they sent me down the next day. And that's yeah. how you got to be alongside. That's you. and that's when and that's when my story really um, yep. takes a you know take take no no it takes a great turn it, it took takes a, a great turn took abuse it takes okay. a great turn it takes a so, great turn and and that's and that's how I show up at Chesapeake because I just let one in from center in the IHL. So Tambo, awesome, you you get sent down. It was awesome for us to have you as a goaltender. Believe me, um, when I had. David Abishia, who ended up in the NHL, and I wanted him fucking traded. 
But you were so you were so mad about him. You called him Swiss. You said the last guy in here was like Swiss cheese, literally. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? So Moose, like he's a huge prospect. So Moose, you're in Cleveland with Tambo. Yeah. And and how do you end up with Knuckles? We. Uh, it's funny because Tambo was a lot older than me when uh, when I was a rookie. We we struck up a friendship. We were pretty close, a eh, Tambo and. Um, yeah, I think it was one of those things just like I wish I had probably had you earlier on uh, in my career and got sent down earlier and played. I think it was one of those things where I was sitting in the stands a lot and um, got the opportunity to come down first. I think first, though, I got sent down to Hampton Roads and played for which I think everybody in their career should do play for uh, God rest his soul, Bro. John Brophy. God rest and, his soul. Uh, God rest his soul. Yeah. And uh, the story goes, they sent me down for the weekend. And when they sent me down, they said, you're going down for the weekend. Sunday night, I'm getting off the bus. They shook John Brophy's hand and said, thanks for everything. I'm going back up. I called myself back up. I, yeah. I called the biggest line pro hockey. You're going down for the weekend. I called their bluff on it and called myself back up oh, so and uh, showed back up at practice. The coach is like, what are you doing here? So, <laughs> called your bluff. But then, uh, then uh, Michael Mudd. Michael Mudd, uh, or you like to say, remember this one, Tambo? He's like, it's not Mudda. Oh, so it's not Ricky Schroeder. Yeah. It's Mr. Mudd. You call him Michael. You call him Michael or Mike or, Miss, or Mr. Mudd. We used to call him Ricky Schroeder. Uh, Nobody called him Ricky Schroeder. You yeah. called him Ricky Schroeder. Oh, I did. Schroeder. He but did then, look like Schroeder, though, didn't but he? Then, he, was, um, he, was a, he was a good guy. He was a general manager, right, Mushi? Yeah, yeah, he was he was in Cleveland there for a long time too. But then, long story short, uh, one of my best buddies was in uh, Chesapeake at the same time was Cam White, who yeah. who loves Knuckles to this day. Loves, talks about him, him all the time. Calls and, me all the time. <laughs> texts me all the time. Calls me all the time. And uh, like, Tim, are you related to Whitey Stapleton? No, no. no. He's really close. He was really close with Whitey too. Like he's. He's as close with anybody in hockey. He's just one of the. He's just a fantastic yeah. person. And anyways, great guy. This is my best Knuckles story. Is <laughs> Knuckles was doing a, an interview and Whitey was like throwing tape at him in the back, right? Like he's throwing <laughs> tape at him in the back. So we come out for practice the next day and Whitey's shoe and keys are in a ball of tape like this, like, and he had this white. Yeah, it's like white t-shirt and i'll never forget it whitey's like a total neat freak and like folds everything <laughs> ocd yeah and uh he gets out after practice he puts his white shirt on and says ha fucking ha on it like in black <laughs> permanent marker and then he goes to get his keys and it's like a big tape ball and it's all he's laughing at knucks and then the next day knuckles goes to him he goes uh whitey how was your chew last night he's like what do you what are you talking about? He goes, you didn't see it? He's like, what are you talking about? And uh, Knuckles had put his toenail clippings in his chew. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> I saw it. It was so gross. Because he, he opened it up and there was toenails in the chew. Oh, it serves gross. him right. No, Whitey got us oh. a bunch of times. But then, yeah, that was my, it's funny how everything comes kind of full circle. I was in the sauna a couple of years ago and I'm in the sauna with uh, Larry Robinson and, uh, we had a great chat about uh, Knuckles, and I was telling him what a fantastic coach he was and yeah. how well-versed he was. And 
I think Larry took a little bit of credit for it too, uh, Nux. He, uh, oh, yeah. like all of us, he, he's had a huge influence in, in all of us, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah he had I, a big impact. There's no question. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's so cool to hear that. Uh, so, uh, Jamie, how did you come to Knuckles back in the day? You went to BC, right? Four yeah. years. Uh, I actually, uh, my, my agent College. was a teammate of yours with Steve Rooney. Yeah. Yep. And um, went to, uh, to camp in Cleveland. And then uh, I think after a couple days there, they were like, oh, you're going down to Chesapeake. I went down with, uh, drove down with Callahan and a couple guys for a training camp. And, uh, and then I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Chris Nyland's our coach. Like the guy we <laughs> watched up and like being from Boston, just hearing stories about like the wild Chris Nyland. I was like, this is going to be an adventure, you know, like just incredibly in awe. But again, like uh, Mooj and Tambo said, it was very surprising about how versed you were in, in all things hockey. You weren't just some crazy madman. I mean, there was a good mixture of that thrown in and it was a blast um you know and and it was you know great for my career i coming out of bc probably weighing 146 pounds took me a little while getting going in the pro game and, and you you know i remember you having like uh charbonneau and those guys spiked me on the bench telling them what to do and and stuff and it was you know as a, as a guy coming out of bc who probably only fought my sister three times in my life it was like a different world to me. So great. Well, do you guys remember when Nux like first addressed the team? Was he like, uh, you know, was he given like, you know, was he trying to put fear in you guys? What was he like when he first addressed the team? Do you guys remember that at all? I mean, uh, I think I think for me, like being there at the beginning of camp, like I don't know if Tambo and Evan Mouge were ever there, like when you're sitting in the hotel and the coach comes in and kind of introduces it all to you. It was wild. Like you could just see that, like he was going to get the best out of you while you were gone. Like if, if you weren't willing to be all in, you were going to be gone in like you know twenty minutes. And uh, I think there were a lot of guys that were like, "This is not what we signed up for. This is crazy." I thought we were going to come down here and just you know throw the pucks out and play shinny, but uh, but it was. I think that first night, it was, the tone was set that this was you know noxious show, and if you weren't going to buy in, you were going to be gone was coming from the IHL, it was an older league, like, I wasn't learning much, to be honest with you. And I think Chris was the first pro coach I had where I was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. And, and um, not that I was shocked knuckles, but I, I just I, I remember being taken back, like, you know, this is, this is coaching. Yeah. Well, you know, you should be and again, I, I'll just let on to you guys. Um, I remember going into that situation. I never coached in my fucking life, right? They had Rich Preston was going to be the coach, okay? Tampa Bay uh, had Rich Preston there. They end up calling him up, and he's gone. And, like, I think two weeks before, I found out the position was open, and I called Mother, and I went down there. Next thing I know, I, I have the job on there. Oh, shit, I got the job now. Now I got to get, you know, I got to get things going here. And I'll be honest, I was – a bit um i was a i was nervous because a little nervous because i thought i had to deal with the stigma of being an nhl tough guy which comes with you're a dummy you don't know a fucking thing and that's it so i'm coming in that situation thinking that and i said i have to do everything i can to one get their attention two to 
let them know that I understand the game. I can also, uh, you know, put that forth to them where they're able to relate. And that was one of my biggest fears coming in and as, as a coach. And, um, you know, it was, um, it was certainly a, a rough start. I mean, remember the start? We were 3, 12, and 5 in the first 20 games, right? That first year was 3, 12, and 5. And, man, it was, you know, I ended up getting suspended. I forget what I did that time, but I got suspended for four or five games. And Shocker. Um, Mike Mudd, shocker is right. <laughs> yeah. And then Mud took over and things, guys started getting it. Putting the system in place was probably the most difficult thing. And and guys understanding it, getting on the same page. Did that year did that year in New Jersey did that year in New Jersey help you going into that? Yeah, huge. It yeah. was huge help help to me. But uh, like again, I was a disciple of Lemaire. I learned the game from him. Uh, I played with the most confidence in the NHL because of him. When I got with him, he's the guy who really transformed me from just fighting to being able to play the game so um yeah so i wanted to you know take those things i learned from him and and share them with the guys that i had what was like his practices like what did next you, you run a high high pace practice too long what you know what, what kind of practices did he run yeah i mean great practices i mean it was he, he was he's a pro right he was an nhler and a pro and um, the practices were just, you know, it's exactly what you expect from a pro coach, right? Like he knew, um, you know, he, he knew how to extract the best out of us now personally. And, you know, Chris, you can correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> not, mu not much of a goalie guy, right? Yeah. Like, like, Stop like the they're one puck. <laughs> he literally, this is all he would ever fucking say to me. Pardon my French. He would say like Tambo stop the fucking puck. And, and I would say things like, um, you know, like just, you know, practices weren't, you know, um, they weren't set up for, uh, for skill development or anything like that for goalies. He, he, he expected you to be a pro to show up like whether, you know, and, and, you know, back in those days in the East coast league, there was some fun being had at, you know, uh, at night, uh, you know, say the night before like a non game day and, you know, we'd all be out, uh, you know, the wee hours and, uh, he didn't care. Like, you know, he kind of expected it. But he expected you to work hard for those uh, 60 or 70 minutes. Uh, it wasn't skill development. It wasn't work on any BS. It was come out, sweat, and be ready to play. And, and I'll tell you, Chris was really, from my perspective, and you guys will, you guys will probably comment better than I would, like, it, he, he showed what, a, and, and you were coach of the year, I believe, that very first year. Yeah. Right, Chris? As a, rookie, yeah. as a rookie head coach in the East Coast League, coach of the year, and, and you know, definitely one of the best I ever had. Like in the game, like right before the game, intermission, staves, things like that, like he had a way to like bring you right back into the here and now. And oh my God, if one of, if we were like asleep at the wheel to start the game, you come in for the first intermission, like if one of the tough guys had to fight to kind of wake us up, Chris would like he would come in guns a blazing and say, you know, guys, he's putting his hands on the line. He's putting his face on the line. You know, he's doing this because he's doing this because you guys, you guys stink and you're asleep. So follow that fight up. And, and I'd be the goalie. I'd want to go out and, you know, make a couple saves and whack a guy or something, you know? So, so practices were great. 
and uh, and definitely like it, it, very enjoyable like game days and, and and playing for him in those games. Do you guys recall any incidences uh, with Nux and uh, maybe the referees? Did he, was he on the refs a lot? Would you guys recall anything? I remember him going after Koharski's kid or something every <laughs> once in a while. I think he was in there and. Um, <laughs> But I was going to just comment on the practice. I think one thing about Knuckles is you knew your performance in a game as a team would reflect on what your practice would be like the next day. Distinctly one time we were, I think, maybe in Hampton Roads and we were playing soft and they were beating us. <clears throat> I think he pulled the goalie at like 11 minutes and said, if you guys... I was in Richmond. A, Richmond. He's like, if you guys let a shot up, like this week's going to be hell. And I want to say we for for like eleven minutes, like they didn't get over the red line until like the last minute of the game. Like guys were like, "This is going to be the worst week of our lives," you know. And they're just like we're blocking shots at like the far blue line, like just to keep it in. That's so funny. Listen, and I'm glad you brought that up. This has to be a fucking pro record, okay? With with ten minutes left in the game. Anyway, we're down five. I think it was, we were down 3-1. They scored, the last two goals they scored, one was a fucking 3-on-0, the other one was a 4-on-1. Fuck, and I'm Campbell, like, you got to stop are... the puck. He's going to stop the 3-on-0. So, <laughs> so I'm, it was in Richmond, and I go, you know what? Fuck this. And I, I end up calling the goalie over. Who was it? Rasmo, I think, Saltarelli Raz, at the time. Yeah. So I said, Rasmo, come. Um, and he comes to the, the bench and I may come get in and he jumps in and I said to the guy that called timeout, I said, listen, here's the deal. You fucking guys leaving the goalie back down there all alone. Last fucking goal was a, a two on oh, two on oh. And I said, fuck it. You fucking keep the puck out of the net now. And the, and before that, the back, I forget who the backup was at the time, but he's getting up to go in. I said, no, fucking sit down. No one's going in the net. And we went 10 minutes. They did not score a fucking wow. goal. And we scored twice. We lost the wow. game five to three. See, not it, was, it was insane. I just wizard. said, screw it. Do you remember <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Moosh? Yeah, yeah, you're, an anal- you're, yeah, you're yeah. ahead of your times. Analytical. Ahead of your time. You were, you were analytical. <laughs> yeah. Guys feared it, right? They were so scared. Of what was going to happen, that they were like, it was nuts. So what I, changed, Nux, when, when it was three, it was three, twelve, and five, and then you said you went on a twelve-game winning streak. Um, Tambo can talk better than that. I we we had a terrible start, and, and I think it was part of it was I think guys getting buying into the system, and then you know from there, um, that was the first year, right? Uh, buying into the system and, and understand it, and then applying it. But then we, once they got it, man, we started winning games. We had good players too, right? Yeah, we had some, we had some really good players. I mean, you had, uh, you know, Derek Clancy now, you know, who's now um, uh, assistant general manager with the Vancouver Canucks. Like he was year in, year out, 120, 130 points. Uh, Clance, you know, Clance was amazing. We had Denny Felsner, who arguably, like before these kids started, like they, they came up with a move like the Michigan uh, like he is, he is Mr. University of Michigan. Denny Felsner, one of the greatest college hockey players of all time. And like, he was, how good was Fels? Like how good was Fels? Yeah. Was and, awesome. um, you know, you know, the, I always say to people like, the, you know, the coast back then and now Muji, I mean, you know, like you're, you know, you're a head coach in the American league now, like, like there's a lot of talent, you know, when those teams are put together the right way and there's guys that could easily like, 
I, well, not, nothing's easy, but, but there's guys that could play at the NHL level. And, and I think we had a few guys like that. And, um, you know, luckily I, you know, you know, for Chris, luckily I, in January of whatever year that we you know, January of his first year, I let him that shot from center, right. Chris, Sean Hines. So, so I came down to him, you know, literally mid January. And, and I think that that's when we started to, uh, I don't know, it was a good team. And, um, I, yeah, like I said, uh, we won on a nice run. Did you just say that they went started going on a winning streak when you got there? Is that what you were saying, Tambo? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, basically. Thank you, thank I got you. that. Thank oh. you, Moosh. Yeah. yeah, Chris wasn't pay, Chris wasn't paying attention because according, according to Chris, according to Chris, David Abisher was not a good goal. You know what? He wasn't. Swiss he wasn't that fucking good. He was brutal when he came down there. That fucking kid was flopping all over the place. He was out of shape. Do you remember him where you shoot semicircle and you shoot across? By the time he got halfway through the circle, he was fucking gassed. He couldn't even get to his feet again, that fat fuck. <laughs> yeah, I you know you what I love? I love, that, I love that you can go on Hockey DB now and be like, yeah, David Abisher, did he play a little bit in the NHL? I guess 200, yeah. 215 games in the NHL, 912 save percentage. But, you know, with Chris, it was yeah, a little was bit of a little brutal. Bit of, he was, was brutal. It was bad. Yeah, he was I'll, five. And, he was five and seven. He was five yeah. and seven. Yeah, it was brutal. Couldn't stop the puck. You're talking about uh, the referees. Uh, <laughs> the story I remember with uh, Knuckles was um, Scott Gordon was the coach in uh, Roanoke. Ro- Roanoke, and I remember he sent over the game card, like the starting lineup and he wrote on there, I'm going to kill you or something. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to punch you. You know how many times I wanted to do that already? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that was it. funny. I remember he was yapping at players from the fucking bench. I hated that. I, You know, I never yelled at an opposing never. player. No. I never no. fucking did that. And that pissed me off. He was yelling at someone on, I think it was LP Chabonel, a tough guy. And he had to walk in front of our bench to get to his bench <laughs> with the other guy. And when he come by, I said, you motherfucker, I will fucking. <laughs> and he gets so mad. Oh, yeah. he shit himself. So he, this is yeah. who, Scott yeah. Gordon? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the coach for Roanoke was shit in his pants. Yeah. And yeah. I had him. I had him as a coach in uh, Quebec City. So <laughs> did he remember? Was he scarred? Was he? Did he remember being threatened by? I, I got threatened by Knuckles one time, Staves. Yo, okay. Well, tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. So we had one. So evidently, he had one rule on his hockey team, which I find out after about you know being down for about three weeks that you know, my first year with him. That he had, a, you know, that no one is allowed to date the front office uh, staff, like, like oh. you know, the, the ladies that worked at the front office. Yeah. And you know, I'm a young single guy. I'm making pretty good money back. What was I making, Moosh? 35, 40 US. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm a grown man. Like, I'm a, gr- I said, I'm a grown man, Chris. And so he had this office. You see the office he's in right now. Uh, you got, so it's probably like 50% the size of that office. It's like, it's like he worked at a broom closet at the, at the horse palace. Remember the, what was it called? Chris, the horse palace and Uh, uh, show place arena, the show place arena. So you had like a beautiful, a broom closet that was your, your head coach's office. And you called me in there because you caught wind that I was dating, uh, one of the girls. So imagine this stage, like, you know, 24 years old, I walk in there, you know, you know, all time penalty minute leader, whatever he is in the NHL, like just, and he's, and he's like got that mean look in his eyes, right? He's that mean look. 
He's in this small little broom closet and he's smoking. Like back then he smoked on buses. He smoked, he smoked. on buses. And he and he says to me, he goes, Tambo. Like curfews at midnight, boys. <laughs> he says, he goes, Tambo. He goes, he goes. You know, I have one rule on this hockey team. And I said, Yeah, I, Chris. With all due respect, though, like I'm an adult. I'm a professional hockey player. Like I don't get like how me dating this girl from the front office really like I, I don't get how it's any of your business. And he, and then his eyes went from like mad to like you know like when he used to chase guys around the you know the Boston Garden in the day, and he's looking at me like this. He goes, you know, I ought to come across this desk right now and, and punch you right in the head. And I, and I go, well, I go, okay, so <laughs> you know, like I've overstepped obviously a little bit. I've overstepped, and um, I said, listen, listen, Chris, I, I, before I even say sorry, like he was even setting me up. Right? He goes, he goes, but of course I'm not gonna punch you in the head. You're my starting goalie. You know, these guys all look up to you. Don't be an idiot. If I've got a rule, do you mind just like not being an idiot? And I go, I go, yeah. I said, I'll, I'll end. Like, I'm, and I had to call. I had to call a girl, and I'm like, listen, like, we're done. We're done. Yeah. Chris, Chris won't have it, and uh, it didn't. She didn't make a lot of sense to her at the time, but trust me, uh, it did. So, How, does that make sense to you now? No, still to this no, day. Okay. He, he's married to her now. Uh, yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, she's you know, you know, like she's one of my favorite. She's one of my favorite ex. One of my favorite ex wives. You know, you know? Uh, that's a joke. That's a joke. But anyways, no, 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 no. It didn't. It didn't make any sense, Chris, at the time or now. But but you know what though? You could you could be a little bit crazy because. You're a head coach, and and we all did need those life lessons, right? I, I didn't need to be cruising around like I was uh, God's gift to goaltending because, you know, I made, you know, I was on a one-way. One, one on one, on I was on a one-way. I was on a one-way. I was on a one-way. I was on a one-way IHL deal. I was making really yeah. good money. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about some funny incidents here. And I remember one day I was driving home from the Showplace Arena on a game day. I believe it was a game day. And I'm like, I want to get home. Definitely was game day. Yeah, it was game day. And I'm driving along. All of a sudden, there's a line of fucking traffic like you wouldn't believe. And it's just like going real, real slow. I mean, dead, like three, three, four miles an hour. I'm just like, what the hell is going on? The line, people behind me, what is going on? For about 10 minutes, I'm going nuts. Anyway, I get going. I turned out O'Leary, and who was with you? Was it Jeep? <laughs> Cronin, Cronin was in my car, and Corey Murphy was in the other lane. Oh, Murphy. And it was a two-laner, and they just went as slow as they possibly could. You would not believe the line of traffic they put behind. It was like two miles. It was crazy. Fucking O'Leary, I, I wanted to kill you. I want to get home. We flew out of the locker room too because we knew everyone was coming behind us. Three, two lanes, playoffs. So Earl Cronin had like a James Hatfield mustache, and people coming up in the breakdown lane, being like, "We're gonna kill you guys!" Every light would speed up and slow down. Finally, I think Cronin goes, "Here comes the caddy." We knew Chris had a green caddy at the time. So I was like, "Oh no, we're dead!" So he drove up next to us. And Cronin's like, the legal limit is 30 miles an hour. And, and Knuckles just like looked at us in disgust and went 100 miles an hour faster. Oh, that's so mad. Uh, 
geez, I remember, um, I don't know what year, what which year it was now, because the green caddy, I don't know if it was before. I had a Jaguar XJ6, right? And they had a guy at the office over at Mike Mudd's office. They had a guy that cleaned vehicles. He'd come in and he'd shine the owner's vehicle and wash it up. And, you know, he'd give him a good 20 bucks, whatever it was. And so one day I leave it there for him to clean it. And he was supposed to bring it over to the Showplace Arena afterwards and drop it off. Fuck, no car. I mean, what's going on? I get a ride over the office. He fucking stole the car. He stole it. Took it off. <laughs> My car's gone, right? I'm there. Where, where the hell is it? Anyway, you know where they found it? In Sugar Ray Leonard's neighborhood, where he was from there in Maryland. <laughs> In a real bad neighborhood. And now I got to go over there and get the thing. I'm like, oh, fuck. But, yeah, so I think that maybe the green, that was that was the first year. So that was the second year that I had the green caddy. That's funny. Yeah. I don't remember that. How, um, you know what I want to get? How about the team overall? Like, I thought we had a really close team. How did you guys feel about that when we look back at the group of guys? I thought you guys were close. Is there stories there that uh, you can let me in on that maybe I didn't hear? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So you used to, I don't know if you recall this, but Muji, um, and I'm sure O uh, would have, because I think, I'm pretty sure it was the, the f anyways, um, we go to, uh, you had connections, right? Through, you know, I don't know, through Boston or whatever, whatever it was, uh, you had connections at the White House. So you got us, oh, the, yeah. you got us the White House uh, Secret Service. Tour. Yeah. Tour. Like a right? No, no. We literally the whole team, the whole team states goes up to uh um Washington DC and imagine, right, a bunch of like 23, 24, 25 year old kids. And this is right about the time when the whole Monica Lewinsky thing is like it's like in the news, you know, what was going on with the cigars and the whole nine yards. And Chris was just like, okay, guys, like it's a secret service tour too. So it was like, I mean, I, they don't even do that tour anymore. Cause that's like pre nine yeah. 11. And uh, like you got to go in behind the scenes, everything. And he, but, but before it started, he, you know, he closed the door and the, you know, the, the guy was outside. He goes, listen, you mother, he goes, you fucking guys. Anybody says one fucking word about cigars, Monica Lewinsky, <laughs> fucking anything. I'm going to fucking kill you when we get back to, when we get back to Maryland. And we're all like, okay, don't you know, fucking no jokes about Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> Do you remember that, Moosh? I wasn't there. No. I was there. Because I was there. I remember going yeah. in and seeing like the room where they were monitoring where the president was. And like three of us were stepping in there and the guy was like, get the fuck out. Right. You know, like. Yeah. Oh, the behind the, the um... yeah, like the screens and stuff, and so like what, you seeing just get all... like a tour. You got a tour of like the the part you don't see of the White House. Oh. Yeah, this uh, the, yeah the security the, the like literally the security uh, um, all, all the behind the scenes security rooms. It was pretty secret wild. service that is downstairs, right? They have that control room where if the president was in Denver, Colorado, they put POTUS. Um, Sheridan Hotel, That's right. the room number, everything. They have where the first lady is, the kids, everything. Chelsea, was, Chelsea, Chelsea, yeah. cool. Chelsea was at Stanford back then, and, and she would have had a detail. And it, literally, you go into this massive control room, and yeah. it's like you see all these key people and where they're, where they're uh, 
where they're at. And uh, that was, and yeah, that, agents, was, that was awesome. That was the awesome. agents had the room next to her, right? In the yeah. dorm, right? Yeah. They showed us that. The agents were right in the room next to her. Imagine that. Can you imagine? Going to college, having that, looking over your shoulder all the time. Um, so, but how, how about some of the guys we had when we talk? Remember, do you remember Eddie Pershing, the Russian we had? Remember yeah. Eddie? Yeah. Um, Artie, let's hear some stories. Artie LP Shop. Artie, 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 the one man party. How about Artie, Artie Six Packs? Artie used to go to the, we'd go to that, I think it was like Coyote Cafe or something, it was right yeah. right by the apartment there, and we'd all be having a few beers after dinner, and Artie would come in fully dressed in workout gear. And we'd be like, what are you doing? He's like, I told my wife I was going to the gym for a few hours, <laughs> sit down, have like, you know, 15 beers and go right home. It was unbelievable. Like a headband on? Yeah, exactly. Spray <laughs> himself off a little. Artie, Artie. He was a good player. Sick defenseman. Sick defenseman. He was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I remember the game. Um, Adi Kupax was lugging the puck all night. He was t- getting caught up the ice, and he was like minus four. We were a terrible game. Anyway, the third period, I put him on forward. I'm not playing forward, he told me. I said, you're <laughs> fucking playing forward. Yeah. I put him on a line. I said, you're playing fucking forward. Going, you're kidding me. I'm there. You're fucking playing forward. That's it. That I'm not gonna. That's it. You're either going in the room or you're playing. And he ended up playing forward, and he was so out of place. I thought he sucked bet that night on D, but as a forward, he looked like he was on another planet. Fucking <laughs> Adi. Oh, he was. He was something. That kid. He, huh? There was one night that we, you know, another night we played bad, and Chris was like, "No beers for the ride home, boys, or whatever, or no drinking on the ride home." And the first gas stop we stopped at, Artie comes in with a six-pack. And we're like, Coach said no no drinking. He goes, yeah, beer's not drinking. And he just started cracking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that's Sounds also, like- I, I gotta, I can't leave this this without saying that, that Coach and Island used to, you know, we'd be driving overnight through, like, the West Virginia Hills. And he'd be l- up front with a 12-pack and a pack of Marlboros just ripping butts on a box. <laughs> like that. Hey, Muji, uh, hey, hey, remember the fight tapes? Uh, the war movies and fight tapes. Like, <laughs> usually <laughs> you play. You tapes, spray part like 15 times. Usually yeah. it's like the veterans of a club are in charge of like what films are played <laughs> on a, you know, on a five hour bus trip. No, it was Chris. He loved old war movies and he loved his Patton. fight, his own Patton. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he loved, and he loved his own uh, fight, his fight tapes. And I'm and, sure uh, nobody so- said anything. No, no, no. He, he I, do whatever, do whatever he wants. I do remember he brought his, his 20, 21 goal season. He brought it in. It was like, these are all the goals for that. Get out of here. Season. No. And in the middle of it, you like went on a breakaway, ran the goalie over and turned around and just dropped the gloves waiting for guys to fight. <laughs> it was the best. How about, how about LP Shabano? How was LP as a teammate? Like tough. Was he a good teammate? Nice, nice kid. I mean, I mean, he, he was he was pretty French, right? So yeah. didn't, I, he didn't speak a lot of English, but like, on on um, great, yeah, great guy. And I mean, you, you had like a few heavyweight fighters on that team. You had Ryan Brown. You had uh, um, Rabi. You had Rabi. Yeah. So there was like yeah. a couple. There was a couple of French guys. But you know, I always what I always liked about that team, and I'm sure a lot of that had to do with you was. You know, we learned we learned there that uh, 
you know, guys come from Russia, guys come from, you know, Northern Quebec. English is a second language for a lot of guys, but you don't, you know, you don't shit on guys about their English, right? Like, yeah. you know, they come in and they're trying. I mean, we would always say like English in the locker room, please English in the locker room. And, and, um, but yeah, it, it didn't matter. Right. Like it was a very, um, uh, multi, uh, cultural uh, dressing room. Yeah, and, and, and it was about, you know, it was about, you know, it was always about like, uh, you know, put the team first, put the Jersey first. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something I remember. You were very woke back then, right? Now, uh, uh, oh, yeah. woke, <laughs> woke is not no. <laughs> Moji. <laughs> who? Um, let's think. Uh, who, who's the guy I can? I'm did you have any players rap. that told you to like go fuck off? Like, did anyone ever stand up and actually challenge you? Uh, I don't think so. Right. Maybe uh, Fels got mad at me once. Yeah. Then he oh, Den- got Den- mad. He got mad at me once, right? Because I, I said, my door's always open. You want to come in and talk? We'll fucking talk and we'll get it out. And Fells, I, I forget what it was about. I don't know. I gave him shit about the way he was playing. Anyway, we, we kind of squared away. I think he always kind of held it against me. That's fine. How about this night? Now, this night, I felt like, like I, I almost lost the team. I don't know if you were there. Mm. Who was there? That We were playing... Um, a team from out west. Mark Reeds was coaching. He's P- dead now. Peoria. Peoria. Thank you. And uh, we were leading like five-one. The third, they won six-five, seven-five, something like that. And I come in the locker room after everybody's ripping their stuff off, getting ready to go. And I come in the locker room. I said, hey, "Fucking put your shit back on." Oh, I wasn't there for that. Were you there, Jamie? I was not. That must have been you. No, that was the first year. That was the first year then. And I was worried, uh, Moosh, you know, as a coach. And and back then, it was still a little old school. You couldn't do that today. Fucking guys would be fucking hanging off their mother's tit. (laughs) (laughs) We have to fucking skate. We have to skate. But anyway, everybody gets dressed. They go back. They put this shit back on. And I remember Clance looking at me like, Nux, this isn't good. And we bring him out. Cloutier was there um, at the time. Anyway, I bag skate him. And Mark Reed's funny. He he called me uh, the next day. And he said, Nux, fucking, I'm so happy you did that because I don't have to do it now. He said, <laughs> our bus... He said it was right at the top of the ramp there, and you could see, still see in the building. And we weren't, you know, guys were coming out of the dressing room, and almost everybody's on the bus. And I'm looking, I see the icebreakers going back on the ice and start skating. And I just sat there for a minute. I wait till everybody gets on the bus. And I said, I stood up. I said, hey, guys, look out the window here. He said, you guys think I'm fucking hot on you? Look what's going on in there. And they all got there. Holy fuck. Well, I went, home, I went home that night. And honestly, I never felt so all alone. And thinking I, I just fucking lost that team. So that was the first year because you weren't we there. Weren't, Jamie. We fucking, weren't there. We yeah, weren't yeah. there. And I got to tell you, it, it was a bad feeling. And thank God for Clance. Because Clance helped me survived that one because i thought i was fucking gone i thought there's no way this team will play for me again and 
They did credit That's... the Clants and the rest of them. Uh, big bounce back, but yeah, that was one of. I remember, I remember a time we almost lost the team. <laughs> Go ahead. When we, when we, I, I and, and, and you know, and you know what? And, and Muji and Muji knows this story too because he was there. Cool. It, it involved Peoria, but we were on the road in Peoria, and um, it was like. You know, you, you get a chance of, you know, in the East Coast, you get a chance to be on a, on a flight like once every three seasons. So we were all so excited that we flew, were flying into Peoria. We were all going to get a chance to go. What's it called? Big Ed's, the steakhouse. Big Al's. Big Al's. We were all going to go to Big Al's for nice steak where dinner. you're looking in the sands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so great. So, so I don't know what got into Chris because he was mad at something or somebody. Because as we're like getting off, you know, we get off the flight, we're all giddy with excitement. You know, what is it, 5.30 or 6 o'clock the night before the game, right? And uh, you get on the bus, get to the hotel. He goes, oh, by the way, guys, it's a 9 o'clock curfew tonight. And we all look at each other. Moosh, remember we looked at each other and we said, what? Like he hasn't had a curfew all season. We get our first plane flight and, and Chris is like, yeah, it's a 9 o'clock curfew tonight. So... I was running with a bad crowd back then. What an <clears> asshole. What an yeah. asshole. in that crowd. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was, it was right? me. It was me and Muj and Artie. Uh, Artie, Kupax, and, uh, and I think it was Mark What Stoper. a fucking trio. That the, four, the four of us look at each other. We're like, okay, well, if, if we only have to line, we should go, you know, we should start having a few beers now. So we literally went directly to the, like, the sports bar, like, right next to, like, how far was that from the hotel? Oh. And we ate at the bar while we were drinking beers, like just slugging them until 8.45. We, we, we get our check, right? We call the, you know, um, we, we call the bartender over and get our check. And uh, at that precise moment, who walks in? Chris Nyland and Nelson Burton, his assistant coach. He walks into that restaurant bar and um, he, he, he got mad at us. You remember? You remember, remember you let the first shot in and you were looking at the sand. That's what I remember. There was so much pressure on me that next night in Peoria. I couldn't even, I couldn't even deal. I couldn't even deal with it. And plus it was, um, it was what it was a college, um, college, like, uh, whatever. If you're, if you had a college ID and you were a female, you got in for like, I don't know, half off. So it was like college girl night in Peoria that night. Yeah, so when we were looking at the tape the next night, he was, he was so mad. He was so mad. He goes, Tambo, you're not even looking at the fucking face-offs. You're looking in the, you're looking in the stands, Tambo. He goes, you're, this is a year. He goes, oh, you're so mad at me. We got, swept, we got swept in Peoria, but we, we made curfew. I said to you, like, we are going, we're literally getting our bill and going back. You didn't say we couldn't have a few beers with dinner. Yeah, no, I never have a problem with that. And, you know, when I look back at it, I fucking hate it when a coach called curfew, and I'm so stupid. <laughs> but that's how you learn as a coach. I don't know, Moosh, right? Yeah. I, like, what happens if you got to sit out your best player? That's what I was. Yeah. Saying. You know. Yeah. So it, you don't have to worry it, about it now, Knuckles. Guys don't do it. Yeah. yeah. They don't. They, they don't, don't eh, just, Moosh? No, it's just different. It's just different, right? right. So, they play like video you know. games, right? They play, they play video, video games like on the bus, even like the, like the. You, they don't even, it, I mean, our guys play cards, which is great to see, but it's, it's just different, right? Like it's a different climate. It's different athlete. It's different language we use with, with the players. So talking about, I actually, I got to jump on the ice here guys, but, uh, uh, love seeing you, man. All right, Yeah, you too. Cheers, boys. All right. Good luck, Cheers, buddy. Good luck. Cheers, buddy. 
Um, Coach, I wanted to ask you something. If you remember when you brought your buddy G- when you brought your buddy Jimmy in for practice for a week, <laughs> you remember that? Um, we, we, we played uh, again, like you know, the, the, the cities melt together. But it was like Richmond or Hampton Roads or something, and playing real soft. And you're like, if, if you guys don't come out here and fucking in the third and go crazy, I'm gonna have a guy at practice yeah. tomorrow. And this guy, he's like the gimp, the yeah, gimp in Pulp Fiction. This guy walked in with his, his equipment was in a green army bag, right? I think he fought three times in practice, right? Like fought yeah. guys in practice. And then afterwards, it's like, hey, uh, me and Chris are going down to Annapolis for some seafood. You guys want to come? <laughs> and we were like, what are you doing here? He's like, I don't know. Chris told me to come down for the weekend, a few fights, go have some beers, and I'm going to go home on Friday. <laughs> well, here's the deal. That story, I'll tell you. It's a friend of mine who just got out of jail. And he was a really good hockey player. High school, growing up, and all that stuff. And... He just got out of the can, and I wanted to give him an opportunity to see what pro hockey was like. Right. And and uh, I remember we had that kid. Was it Sen? Trevor Sen? Trevor kid Sen in was Richmond. On Hampton Road. Yeah, Richmond or something. Yeah. Richmond. And he had beat somebody up on our team. And I'm thinking, like, you know what? Like, I, I was so embarrassed by that. I wanted somebody to get this this guy and i'm thinking i'll bring fids will come in and he'll he'll do the job but then i'm thinking you know what that's that's not the best idea because just saying if he went and got in a fight with sen and sen got the best of him right that he probably would have got sen on the way home that night so i'm like (laughs) okay maybe i won't do that so anyway i brought him down and give him the opportunity to practice for the week he had a blast it was awesome the kid had sat in jail for the last yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. 10 years and to be able to come out and get involved and be part of yeah. something like that. He, he, to this day, he talks about it, said it was such a great experience for him. So I was happy to do that, That's but awesome. it was funny, huh? Guys, oh, yeah. were, like, Guys were like, who he the brought hell someone. is this? He brought someone. <laughs> he played, he played in a game. I wasn't there. Oh. He no, played, he, he didn't play in a game. Oh, it was pretty playing practice. Just practice. Well, I, well, well, oh, were you there when he brought Gaston Gingras? Back? Yes, he played. Yeah. With that Hamilton, was unbelievable. It was right? unbelievable. Wasn't uh, Jason <laughs> Hamilton his cousin or something? Uh, J- J- Jason, J- Robinson. Jason Robinson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's yeah. you know what? He's a financial advisor, like thirty minutes north of me. Like we we uh, we reconnected in the last couple of years. Like Robbie's uh, Robbie's That's awesome. Fine. But but Gaston Gingras was like a legend with the Habs in the day. Like, yeah. wh- how did fine. he end up in the coast? Right. He not like called them. Didn't he knock out Mike Liu like ten times? <laughs> he had the hardest, hardest, he had the hardest slap shot in the history of hockey. Well, yeah. next to he... uh, Sean Hines. Uh, um... <laughs> now this is funny. Like uh, Tambo, yo, drop your phone. What are you doing a fucking podcast? Uh, my uh, my ADHD. Right my ADHD. Yeah, what were you eating earlier? Like a pizza puff or some shit? Looks like an egg sandwich. Oh, it's just a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a bagel sandwich. We were short on players or something. Someone got hurt. And we didn't have any. I said, plus, um, Jason Robinson got sent to us, right? I don't know where. Was he in Cleveland too? Or... He got sent yeah. to us anyway. He was on a Tampa contract. So on, a, yeah, you know what? You know what would be awesome for these guys to have a real, you know, you know, a a NHL pro come down here and, and play with him. Gaston would be awesome. He could play with his 
his nephew and everything. So I call Gaston. I say, hey, listen, this would be awesome. I talked to Jason about this. He'd love to be able to play with his uncle. You know, it'd be awesome. The two years together. So I talked him into coming. Now, we played three games on the weekend. I think. I think oh, all the time. All yeah. the time. And it was three and threes three all and the time. Three, yeah. So, so yeah, all, he, he comes, comes. With a Sunday afternoon. Almost yeah. always now, Sunday this afternoon. Is, this is the stand-up stand up guy Gaston was. He, gets, he comes. We bring him in. The day he gets there, Jason Robinson gets called up. He gets called back up and goes up to the uh, American League. And Gaston is like, oh. and But Gaston played the three games, and he played all weekend. And I played the shit out of him. He was killing penalties. <laughs> he, he was on the power play. He yeah. said, Knox, he said, I'm fucking 40, whatever, 40 years, 45 years old. His fucking tongue was hanging yeah. by yeah, the end. But great. he had fun. He had fun. It was it was so cool. That's Just some funny. great memories. I, how about now? This one it kind of bothers me a little bit because I really like this guy, and it's Tambo. The second year there, we're going into the playoffs now. Tambo, you know, he had a great season for us. He was, you know, nine two one save percentage. He was nineteen eleven and two. Two shutouts. Played thirty five games. And then Kirk Dobbinspeck got sent down to us, and he was a big goalie. He was like six, what was he, like six, three, six, four. And he had decent numbers. Anyway, I went with him in the playoffs. Tambo, how'd it go? Bring me back to that time because I know I, I always thought you hated me because of that because I didn't play it. I played the other. No, I, I totally forgot about it until you brought it up a few weeks ago. I'm and such now an I, insecure and now I, prick. And now I do no. hate you. Now I do hate you again because I've forgotten. <laughs> because okay, so that's my third year pro, and and um, and so I played pretty much the first half of the season in Chesapeake, and then I got I got called up uh, to the IHL to Cleveland that year, and I was there for the last like two two and a half months. And uh, so that's when, you, you know, you and Mutter brought in uh, Dauber and uh, he had a great end of the season for sure. Um, and then uh, Cleveland released me uh, or sent me back uh, to Chesapeake to the coast uh, right before our play, uh, right before our playoffs. Actually, in fact, they actually uh, allowed me to play in one of the first round series games. I actually drove down to Columbus because you guys played Columbus chill in the first round and uh, they sent me down to play one game. And uh, I won. So if you look at the DB, like I, we, I don't know what the score was, but we won. Um, and then uh, they called me back up right away. I, I, you had to play him because I wasn't down. But then I think I think we won the first round series, and and then I was back for the second round series. And you wouldn't start me. You just kept no, playing. I stayed you, with him. You stayed with him, and right, you know, right. again, you weren't you weren't the best with goalies. So I kind of yeah. tried to cut you some slack uh, on that one. And at the end of the day, you just wanted to win. Yeah. Right. And, 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 um, you know, that's, that is the nature of professional hockey goaltending is there's only what, you know, there's one, there's one cage and there's a couple guys that want to be in it. And, uh, but, but, oh, I mean, I don't know if you, do you, do you remember that play, that playoff, uh, that playoff run? That's that, uh, that second, that, cause that would have been Chris's second and last year as a coach, because of course they picked up the club, right. um, and moved it to Jackson, Mississippi yeah, for, 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 for four seasons, right? So Chesapeake uh-huh. became you know, Chesapeake became Jackson. And I went down there and played a couple of years for, for, for Clance. Um, yeah. 
And um, but yeah, I think we I, I think we could have uh, we were good, man. We were we were well coached and we were good. And, but you know, sometimes that's just the nature of it, right? An injury here or there, and uh, you're kind of like, you know. Whatever. Yeah, we had a lot of I, I had a lot of fun with the group, you know, and those are the tough decisions. I hated, honestly, to if I'm going with a goalie, I want to go with him. I want to stick with him unless he absolutely stinks it out. Then yeah. I'll make the change, especially in the in the playoffs. Right. So uh, I guess I'm trying to explain myself to you and say, I'm sorry I didn't go with you, but too fucking bad. Well, I'm not, I'm not at I this point, at Campbell. this point, it's at this point, it's a little too late for, apolo- for apologies. So, um, but no, you know what? So it was so, no, no, it was so much fun and getting to play with you for those two years. And, and I'm just like, so grateful, Chris, that we've reconnected here over the last, you know, year or so. And, uh, you know, you, you, you know, uh, I'm not even bullshitting you. Like you are, you're like a role model to me. And, uh, uh this, for cool, me, this, nice. this is, this has been, this has been a lot of fun and, and if you ever want to, you know, if you ever want to do it again, I'd be down with it. So, yeah. He do, was, you have, uh, do you have any regrets as a coach, or is there anything you would have done you wish you would have done differently? Yeah, I guess I would have never called that curfew. <laughs> uh, right. I would have. Damn, I would have played in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know until Tambo told you everything that you regret. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I would have never called uh, that curfew. Because I hated curve. I remember coach called a curfew. I'm like, fuck, fuck you. And so wasn't the whole team, right? And then that time I bag skated guys after the game. Like, I, I really wish I never did that. Other than that, that's, I, you know, I don't have a problem with, with any of the other shit I did. Do you ever, Chris, do you ever wish that you had a kept Talk on? Talk to me. Do you ever wish you had a kept on coaching? You know what? I kick myself in the ass yeah. sometimes, but for not, I, for I, not I try going, for not, not going. to. We're not going I down try to not to live in the past. Like, sure, I look back at it and say, "Geez, I wish." But you know, in that game, you need to have a general manager who's moving up with you, somebody who can take you with them. Yeah. And Mike Mudd kind of just like it worked in the American League level as an assistant, but he wasn't moving up fast either. And I think if I stuck with it, like say a Bruce Boudreaux who was down in the East Coast Hockey League forever. Yeah, he was, he was, he was uh, down in Mississippi, right? Um, right. He Jackson. carved out a nice career for himself. But, um, yeah, that sometimes I think about it. But, you know, um, today, today is uh, the tomorrow you were thinking about yesterday. That's so right. I try and live that's in right. the moment today. Yeah. Not, that's right. Not yeah. going back, uh, not going ahead. Just stay right in the moment. But, you know, and I think back, it was a great couple of years of my life i i absolutely loved coaching i loved you were good. being around you were, good. you were you were good at it a lot you were of lot, and you were lots of fun too yeah i mean yeah. i think when we found out we were going to mississippi like the team knew it was getting yeah. bought and moved and and i remember talking to like earl and some other guys from boston we were like oh this show's going down to the south is going to be great you know oh yeah. man and then it you know you ended up leaving and clancy uh, took in it was still fun but it wasn't uh listen yeah. gentlemen I want to thank you for joining me today. It was awesome to catch up again. Jamie, Mike, awesome stuff. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do it again. We'll get, uh, grab some more guys and, and, and get this, uh, dog and pony show. It'd be, be fun. Keep up the, keep up the great work guys. This was, this was was a lot of fun. Thanks for having us on.